This is what brainstorming and collaboration sound like in the age of working from home. It's a familiar sound, isn't it? Who knows how many amazing ideas have been held up by a bad internet connection. And this is why Balder Toll, WeWork's general manager for Australia and Southeast Asia, thinks that the office as a physical space will never die. In this B-side episode, Mr. Toll tells Business World senior reporter RJL Balinbin that nothing is more powerful than a group of people gathered in a room with a whiteboard. Can you describe for us how the pandemic has changed work life? Is the traditional office dead? Traditional office is definitely not that, um, but obviously the pandemic has created a moment for organizations to really rethink what the purpose of the workplace really has in our day-to-day lives of coming into the office. With work from home being the standard uh, for many across our region, I think a lot of employees and organizations alike have come to the realization that the reality of prolonged working from home actually actually offers quite a few challenges. Think about connectivity issues, employee engagement. So it's been a fantastic moment for organizations to reassess what place the workplace actually has within their organization. What will the post-pandemic workplace look like? So what we see is definitely a rise in what we refer to as the hybrid workplace. And for us, hybrid addresses two areas focus uh, for organizations. I think it's the business operations and the employee experience as the two main you know, focus areas for organizations to consider. So when we talk about the business operations, we think about how can we keep our operations nimble? How can we keep it flexible? How can we continue to support business recovery as well as business growth, which in itself brings cost efficiency for organizations as well. So that's really the business operations piece. But I think what the pandemic has really brought is the role of the office when it comes to employee experience. So after one of the world's longest lockdowns and the largest work from home experience we all had to endure, like it really came to the forefront that there is an absolute need for physical space to inspire and engage employees, but really to drive collaboration as well. Having had the experience of working from home, um, employees will obviously continue to want to have the flexibility of hybrid working arrangements. And I think across the world, the research is evident that employees really enjoy a form of flexibility where they can work from a third space, whether that's a cafe or their home, as well as a place to come together and focus on innovation. So we see that the hybrid work experience is definitely a model that is coming to the forefront for organizations to consider coming out of the pandemic. Speaking of hybrid working, can you describe for us the advantages and disadvantages of this kind of setup? I think when it comes to advantages, um, I mentioned the flexibility. Um, And I think flexibility for employees really gives choice to employees. And I think with choice, it gives a sense of empowerment on where can I be most 
productive for the task at hand. So I think increased productivity is definitely one of the elements uh, that is a definite advantage. So being free to work where and when I want, where I can be most productive, has a significant positive impact on employee satisfaction. And therefore, I think employers really started to realize that employees can be productive and it doesn't have to be necessarily at the office. And I think for many, working from home can be isolating and even distracting. And that in itself can bring a lot of stresses. We see that prolonged working from home and being empowered on when and how to work results in longer working hours for many as well. So creating professional space outside of the home for employees to collaborate and socialize with employees is a key factor in bringing employee happiness and therefore engagement for organizations. And I think the last part for hybrid office it's lowering cost. We see that the research uh, says that across the world and in Southeast Asia as well, on average, employees want to be in the office about three to three and a half days a week. So that brings an opportunity for organizations to be creative with the footprint that they might have held pre-pandemic and use the same amount of footprint or reduce their footprint to actually service a larger amount of employees on a weekly basis. Now, when we talk about the disadvantages, I think it's more so the considerations that organizations need to put on planning for their hybrid workforce. I think with employees working, you know, not from an office has quite a few challenges for managers to how they assess, you know, the productivity, because in the end, it is not about how long they sit behind the computer, how long their Slack is active, um, but it's really about the output and the work there. The management and the potential of burnout without the realization for managers is one of them. But I think what we hear the most is the increased reliance on technology. And the easy example that I can bring up is hybrid meetings. If you want to truly innovate and collaborate, there is nothing you know more frustrating than having some people in an office and some people on Zoom trying to come up and have an active discussion. There needs to be some consideration on how you can come together, you know, with purpose. And I think the last part is team building when there is a distance with hybrid workplace and offering multiple opportunities for employees to work. How do we actually create those moments where employees want to come to a centralized location for team building activities um, and to really ensure there's an inclusive culture for a company, for all their employees, regardless of their home situation, et cetera. So I I think those are some of the advantages and main considerations for organizations as they think about their transition back into the office. You mentioned some of the challenges already. Can you share with us some of your observations here in the Philippines? What are the constraints to greater adoption of hybrid work? When an organization offers multiple options for their employees to work, you want to make sure there's a consistent experience. And I think there is a great difference if you allow employees to work from home, their cafe, or decide to take space at a flex operator like WeWork, where you can offer a consistent experience along the way. I think the other constraint in adoption is the planning for uncertainty. So at this point in time, we have so many different variables we have to consider in employees' preferences, how often do they come back, and how do we manage who comes in at what point in time. And uh, some of the constraints is obviously the technology and how 
do we allow workplace management within a hybrid environment? So I think those are the most constraints for mass adoption at this stage. But I think how can we create a consistent experience on the different places of work is the main consideration that organizations face at this stage in time. Now, with hybrid work, will companies avoid long-term leases in favor of flexible contracts? We definitely see an increase for large organizations to actually adopt a hybrid working environment. Do I think traditional office space is that? No, absolutely not. There is so many different, you know, organizations that there is no one size fits all. Um, but organizations have to assess, like, what does flexibility mean for my organization? and for employees. And what you see that there's still absolutely a need for centralized headquarters and therefore traditional office space to come together. But I do think that landlords and the real estate industry has assessed that flexible operator within a building is of great value for both the landlord and its tenants. So if you think about the ability to scale up and down, to increase or decrease your footprint as needed, is of great advantage for organizations. So I think you'll see landlords partnering with flexible operators a lot more so and therefore increasing um, the availability of hybrid working solutions for organizations at this time. Office vacancies are rising in key central business districts here in the country. What's your outlook for the office sector in the Philippines? Are there signs of recovery? There's definitely a more cautious approach. So I think um, when we look at the report of uh, Colliers in the Philippines, it already has stated that new office supply could decrease as much as 3.5%. But that still means that there's a projection of just under 900,000 square meters as developers to bring that online. But there is a careful consideration for developers to try not to increase vacancies by new footprints. So that's on the supply side. I think that from a demand standpoint, office space transactions have recently improved slightly, uh, fueled by demand from outsourcing and traditional firms responding to the lower base rents and high quality spaces. So you do see a flight to quality as a general real estate trend. However, this still remains low and the surge in COVID-19 cases will continue to drive the impact. But Overall, the Philippines is a dynamic economy, which remains attractive for large multinationals and investors alike. So I'm confident, you know, in the sector's recovery, but it will take some time and evolve to be more flexible as the country continues to navigate the COVID-19 situation. So with health considerations, what would the new office design look like to make the environment safe? I think organizations have been doing this already for the last 18 months. But for us, there's three areas of focus. And I think this is consistent across a lot of workplaces. So what we've done, we've implemented behavioral signage, the prioritization of personal space, and increase sanitization protocols as our first step in mitigating any transmission. For WeWork, we continue to take steps to enhance our spaces and servicing, ensuring that members continue work in a safe and healthy work environment. But we're very proud that this led us to globally, we've been awarded the Global Certificate of Conformity by Bureau Veritas, uh, which is an internationally recognized and testing inspection certification. And this is the highest award um, for an independent audit 
audit. We continue to prioritize, you know, safe distance protocols as our first defense, but it helps as well that within our organization, there's obviously a lot of private offices and therefore creating a barrier as well. But in the end, um, we have to live with COVID-19. And I think in my personal opinion, vaccinations are a great way forward in creating a safe and healthy work environment. Some say remote work is a killer of company culture. How can organizations implement remote work and still maintain company culture? I think as more teams work remotely, it's crucial to make the most of their in-person time together. So there's two points of views. I think the office needs to be redesigned as a space where employees want to come together. And still it functions as the centralized space to really build culture and those learning opportunities. So when you think about the changes we have to make, we look at it from a design perspective. So for some of our enterprise uh, organizations, we introduced the concept of a collaboration hub. So by taking existing offices, converting them, that they are less dense and they can really support diverse working environments with more social and breakout of meeting spaces. But we're working as well with more flexible furniture so that a certain space can have multiple functions. So remote work, killer of company culture, I don't think it's killed company culture. It definitely made it, you know, less organic and it forced organizations to think about more purposeful moments to bring employees together. And I think as we move out of the pandemic and more to into an endemic, organizations will continue to use the office as that central place to build culture. For WeWork, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from this pandemic that others can learn from? As the pandemic grew, the biggest lesson is that we can trust our employees to be productive anywhere. And they absolutely have heart for the organization. The second part is the role of technology. Overnight, companies from banking institutions to in-person business had to transition and become a remote-first organization that relies heavily on the technology. And the last part, I think, is that we are social animals, like we want to come together. There is nothing more powerful than a meeting room and a whiteboard when you want to think about innovation. So the fact that we want to come together and that company culture is built within a space is a great realization uh, for all of us to come together and enjoy the work-life integration. Like how can we create experiences for our employees that are both learning opportunities as social interactions direction for us to thrive in this new world of work. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Balder Toll, WeWork's General Manager for Australia and Southeast Asia, talking to Business World Senior Reporter RJL Balinbin about the future of work and the fate of the workplace. The office will never die, Mr. Toll said, but organizations have to focus on design, health, and flexibility to transform the office into a place that people actually want to go to and connect with each other. This B-Side episode was recorded remotely on October 8. This is Sam El Marcelo. Thanks for listening.